Welcome to River Fellowship Podcast. At River Fellowship, we strive to experience God, exalt Christ, embrace community, and engage the world. This week, lead pastor Daryl Anderson takes us through Psalms 139, verses 13 through 16. To effectively elevate God, we may need to elevate aspects of our life. One aspect is our identity. To give us the proper perspective on our identity, three elements are crucial. If you'd like to learn more about River Fellowship in Amarillo, Texas, go to rfamarillo.org. We've been in a series entitled Elevate. So far, we have talked about elevating God, both for who He is and for what He is not. We've also talked about elevating Jesus uh, because of His uniqueness and His superiority. Now we're going to shift a little bit and talk about different aspects in our life that need to be elevated as a result of elevating God, there are some things in our life that we've got to elevate as well. Week one, I shared with you that the definition of elevate is simply to raise, but it has two connotations. And we've been talking about the first one so far, and that is to lift up. So when we talk about elevating God and Christ, we're talking about lifting them up. But the second definition is to step it up. Those of you that are into sports, you've probably heard periodically, man, he or she needs to elevate their game. Because of the magnitude of the game or the importance of the game or the strength of the opponent or the situation, man, to be victorious, they've got to elevate their game. What are they saying? They're saying they've got to step it up. They've got to raise it up another level. That's the idea that we're going to talk about now in some of these different aspects in the fact that God is been, has been lifted up. There may be some areas in our lives to effectively lift him up and elevate God, there may be some areas of our lives that we've got to step up and elevate as well. So the first one that we're going to talk about this morning is to elevate identity. We may need to elevate our identity. Understanding our identity uh, affects our life, but it also impacts other lives. Uh, this concept of elevate uh, identity is, is a topic that I call uh, a tightrope topic. There's several of them in Scripture and the key to walking on tightrope is balance. If you fall off to the right or the left, either way, you're in trouble. So the key is to stay balanced right here in the middle. There are several topics that are like that in Scripture. And to me, identity is one of those topics because it's really easy to kind of get out of balance when we start talking about identity. One danger is when you talk about identity, you begin to put the focus on yourself and on us and the, the spotlights on us. And that's wrong. It always needs to stay, stay on Christ. So we don't want to focus anything really on us. But the other danger is getting too far to one extreme because there's, there's, there's one aspect of identity that says, yes, we are totally depraved. We are a worm. We are worthless. We are of of, of we can't save ourselves. There are some passages in Scripture that kind of help us with that, like there's no, none righteous, no, not one. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all sinned and fallen short. So if we get too bogged down way over here on this side, we begin to think, man, I am totally depraved and worthless and useless, and God can't even love me. I'm so awful. But there's another extreme over here that says, Three verses like, I'm a child of the king, I'm a royal priesthood, I'm a holy nation, I'm gonna reign and rule with Christ. And we can get way over here with our identity that we're part of the kingdom, that we can have this kingdom view that 
breeds way over here some spiritual self-righteousness and some spiritual arrogance. So if we go too far either way, we get off track and we get out of balance because the truth is in the middle. Because the truth is, number one, yes, I am totally depraved, so depraved that Christ had to come and die on a cross to redeem me. But at the same time, I'm so valuable to God and he loves me so much and valued me so much that he willingly came and died for me to redeem me. So there's a balance of both of these. So as we talk about identity, I want to try to stay on this balance so that we don't get kind of to one extreme or the other. As we walk through it this morning, I also want to remember that Christ is still the focus. And this will make sense when we get to the end of the message. Even though we're talking about our identity, the purpose for that is still going to be to elevate Christ and elevate God because the goal is that we see ourselves the way God sees us. And that impacts our life. It impacts how we minister to others. So let me invite you to look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139 gives us some insight into identity. This is a, a Psalm of David. It's a poem, really. It's actually a song because we know that David actually gave this to his director of music. So this is a song. And because it's a song, I'm going to kind of carry a musical theme throughout this as we try to illustrate. But we're going to pick it up in verse 13 that says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious concerning me are your thoughts, O Lord. Proper identity is built and established in part on these three concepts. Who made us, how he made us, and why he made us. And to understand our proper identity, we have to understand those three things. Now, this really still deals with the, that, that old existential question of who am I? Why am I here? Where did I come from? What am I worth? Do I have any purpose? Do I have any value? These are some of these life's big questions. There's a, a ministry that I looked at called All About God that answered this question really and said, really answer it one of two ways. There's one viewpoint that's called the atheistic view. And that says God doesn't exist. So if God doesn't exist, that means that life must have come about through some natural, impersonal, unintelligent, and ultimately purposeless process. That means that we're ultimately as purposeless as the very process that brought us into existence. So life is just an accident and so are we. The other view though, is what they call the theistic view, which says God does exist. And if God does exist, then that means he is the ultimate reality and he created you for a reason. And that's ultimately why you're here and you are very valuable to God. Here's the unfortunate reality that many people are roaming around aimlessly because they do not understand who made them, how he made them, and why he made them. So as we elevate identity this morning, that's what we're going to try to discover and understand is who made us, why he made us, 
how he made us. But to do that, I have a little uh, illustration here I want to show you. Since this is a, talking about a, a song, I have a little illustration here. I made a guitar. Are you impressed? I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. This is actually a one-of-a-kind limited edition. All right? I even autographed it. So it's an autographed limited edition guitar. As we walk through this process this morning, I just kind of want you to think about this idea as we tie this sense of identity into this musical concept. Here's the main thing that I want you to leave with this morning, and it's this. You are wonderfully made to make beautiful music. You are wonderfully made to make beautiful music. So let's break it down. This first issue, who made us? Well, verse 13 tells us, it says, for you created my inmost being. And obviously this you is talking about God. In verse one, it says, oh Lord. Verse 23, he says, oh God. What it's telling us is this entire psalm is a prayer and is a song to God and about God. So he's obviously talking about God. It said, you created. That word means to bring forth. In other words, you are not a happenstance. You are not an accident. Rather, you're a product of God's mind, God's hand, God's skill, and God's love. And he created your inmost being, which is that seat of emotion and intellect and passion. It's, it's your inner being. It's, it's everything that you are. So what it's saying is God created, he brought forth miraculously everything that you are. And it's the same God that we've been talking about the last three weeks, the omnipotent one, the omniscient one, the omnipresent one, the one who's above all things, who is above all gods, the one who has to stoop down to actually view hundreds of billions of galaxies. He's the one that created us, which leads us to Number two, which is, how did he make us? Well, verse 13 says, he knit me together. Now, I don't knit. I've never knitted. I have no idea how to knit. The only phrase I've ever heard is, knit one pearl two. Is that a thing, if you knit? I have no idea what that even means. But the one thing that I have noticed about those that do knit is they love to knit. I've never met anybody who knits that hates to knit. I've never heard anybody say, oh man, I've got to go to my knitting class today. I've never heard that. They love to knit and they'll sit there and they will knit for hours. They'll, they, all this love and care and nurture, that's exactly the word picture here that the psalmist is painting. God knit you together. That implies he spent great care, great time, great love, great passion, and you are an intricate design. Verse 15 says that we are woven together. That means to embroider. It talks about weaving color thread together. And here it's talking about being adorned or decorated or very elaborate. Here's what he's trying to say. It's that God spent great care as he knit you together as an elaborate, delicate, detailed, intricately designed, wonderful masterpiece. Now we see that in our body. They say that the adult human body is made up of 11 organ systems, 100 trillion cells, 206 bones, 600 muscles, and 22 internal organs. They say the blood vessels, I've looked this up four times, I still don't believe it, just for the record. Some of you medical people maybe can help me. But it says that if we could take all of our blood vessels 
out of our body and stretch them out in one long line, it would stretch 60,000 miles. It seems ridiculous, but that's how weird this body is. The brain has an inconceivable up to 100 billion neurons that's interconnected with trillions of synapses. A single firing neuron can communicate to thousands of others just in a single moment. There's no computer that comes close to that time, that kind of connection. It, it's it's unreproducible. What's all this saying? Because all this works intricately together and it all, all these systems are seamless together. It, it's a painting of what the psalmist is here is saying is that we are knit together. We are woven together very intricately and very elaborately. Here's the point. We are not a homemade guitar. Now, I was kind of kidding when I said this is a limited edition. I didn't fool anybody, I know. I'm, I'm well aware that this is a piece of junk, okay? I spent about $20 Took me about 30 minutes to put it together. You talk about unskilled labor. I'm the definition of that. It's just thrown together. This is a piece of junk. What the psalmist is saying is we are not a piece of junk. We are not a homemade guitar. We're not just a haphazard concoction of unskilled and uncaring labor. We're just the opposite. We are the intricate design of a masterful creator. And by the way, in verse 13, as a reminder, it says, all this is happening in my mother's womb. You were special and unique even before birth. But then verse 14, he adds to this and he says that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. This word fearfully, it, it means to revere, to respect, to honor. And the text is not real clear on who is to be revered and honored. Is it the creation or is it the creator? Well, Psalm, uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27 give, give us a little bit of insight to this. This says that God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created him. We are created in the image and in the likeness of God. And this word image usually refers to an object of worship. In other words, we have been crafted according to an object of worship. The word likeness means a portrait. And really the, the idea is that you have the, the model, the ideal here, and you have somebody here painting a portrait just like the real model. That's the idea that we are created in God's likeness. In other words, he's the real thing, but we are somehow created in his likeness, that we carry his likeness with us. And it tells us that we are created to rule over everything else. So we are very distinct. We are a unique, special highlight of God's creation because there's something that makes us so unique and that something is however mysterious this is, we carry within us the image and likeness of the creator. We're also wonderfully made. That means marvelous or amazing. We are an amazing creation. It also means very difficult or very hard. In other words, what it's saying is 
to create something like us, to create our body, to create a human person is difficult. That's hard, especially taking that from nothing and out of nothing creating this. That's extremely difficult. But God is so great that it wasn't difficult for God at all. He just spoke a word and we came into being. That's how big our God is. But it also means to be distinguished or separate. When God created us, he created, created us completely distinguished and separate from everything else that he created. Great care, great intricacy. We are unique and distinguished from his other work. But here's the problem. The problem is many people still think that they are this guitar. They feel inept. They feel useless. They feel of no value. They feel worthless. They feel like they cannot do anything. They feel like they have no purpose. They feel like they have no design because they feel like they're like this. They feel like they are a piece of junk. But as the bad grammar adage goes, God don't make no junk. That's the reality because the reality of the situation is not that we are like that. The reality of the situation is we're really like this. Now, we won't go into guitar, but you can, t you can see the difference in the two. We are uniquely crafted, beautiful instrument that God has made in our life. We've been crafted by an expert craftsman who makes no mistakes, makes no errors. And you may feel like this morning that you're a mistake or that you have no purpose, but it's not true because God doesn't make mistakes. That leads us to the third element, and that's why. Why did he make us? Well, verse 16 gives us some insight. It says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All of your days were ordained. That word ordained means prepared, means planned, but it also carries with it being formed. In other words, we are connected to God as creator. The idea here, here is that when he formed us, he formed us with a purpose and a plan in mind. As he's creating us, as he's forming us, as he's making us, he's making us because he has a purpose for us. He has a plan for us. So he is creating and crafting us so that we can fulfill that plan. And he made us in such a way that we are enabled to fulfill the purpose and the plan for which he made us. And every one of our days are ordained and have a purpose every single day day. Now here's a rabbit, but for some of you who are up in years, I talked to several that will say things like, hey, I've done my thing. I'm going to hand it off to the younger guys. Or we get to a certain age and because of health or whatever life issue brings you, you begin to think, you know what? I just don't have that much more worth. I don't have that much more purpose. I, I don't really know what to do. I'm not sure God can even use. He's kind of 
begin to fade away and just stay in the house. Let me tell you, every one of your days is ordained by God. It doesn't matter what your age is. The rest of your days are still ordained by God and God still has a purpose and a plan for your life. If you are alive today, and since you're here, I'm assuming you are, even those of you with your eyes closed, I'm still thinking you're alive. God has a purpose for the rest of your days. And he wants you to fulfill that purpose. Let me try to kind of bring it to a close and wrap it up here. I want to give you four scenarios. I'm going to ask Tyler to come help me. In these four scenarios, hopefully by the time we walk through it and finish it, it'll make sense to you, all right? But I represent a non-guitar player, a non-musician, a non-guitar player, okay? That's me. He represents a guitar player. Don't hold that one yet. I mean, yeah, you can hook it up. Obviously, this is my homemade guitar, and that's the real one. Here's scenario number one, all right? A non-guitar player, remember... Here's what I want to leave you with today. You are, a, you are wonderfully made to make beautiful music. Okay? That's what you need to know when you leave here. You are wonderfully made to make beautiful music. Here's scenario number one. The non-music player, non-guitar player playing my homemade guitar. You ready? Do you hear any beautiful music? No, I don't. Well, maybe it's me. Here's scenario number two. Let's put this homemade guitar in the hands of a real guitar player. That'll make the difference. Play it. <laughs> Leave it to him to break a string. Did you hear any beautiful music? I didn't either. Good thing we're done with that. Here's scenario number three. Here's a real guitar, but I'm not a real guitar player. Okay, are you hearing beautiful music? No. Okay, let's put the real guitar in the hands of a real guitar player. You hear a difference? Hopefully I don't even have to explain this. I'm going to. <laughs> Both elements are critical. To make beautiful music a master musician needs to be playing a real guitar. Both elements are necessary. With that thought in mind, we look at verse 14, where the psalmist says, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. What is the psalmist saying? The psalmist is saying, I am a wonderful work of God. He's, he's got it. He has realized it. He understands that God doesn't mess up anything and that he has created me wonderfully. And I am a wonderful work of God. And he finally says, I know it. What he's saying is I finally get my identity. I realize who created me, how he created me, why he created me, and I know it. I get it. That word know is an intimate word. It means to really understand, for it to really register, for me to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, to be well aware of. It's the same word that he uses in verse 1 when he says, Oh Lord, you know me. 
It's the same word he uses in verse four. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it. We're talking about an intimate word. What he's saying is, I finally realized that I am not this stupid homemade guitar, that I'm not just thrown together aimlessly, but I get the fact that God has knit me and woven me and created me wonderfully and beautifully. I get it. Therefore, verse 14, he says, I praise you. I'll tell the world about you. I'm going to let everybody know all about you. See, when I elevate my identity, in reality, I'm elevating God because people are going to realize God did this. And when I understand all that, all of a sudden, my purpose comes into full view and my purpose is to elevate God. My purpose is to praise my creator. My purpose is in everything that I do that I bring glory and honor to the creator of all things. And that changes how I live. There's no day that's not important. There's no day that's insignificant. There's no part of my life that doesn't have meaning because he has created me to glorify himself. And he's made me in such a way that I can glorify him. So this morning as we talk about elevating our identity, it's not to put any light on us. It's not to take any glory and try to shine it upon ourselves. What it says is, God, I know that you made me and I know how you made me and I know why you made me. Here's the point. You are wonderfully made to make beautiful music. And we've got to understand you're a beautiful instrument crafted by a master craftsman to be in the hands of the master musician so that you're playing a beautiful song of praise to him. We need to know that. We need to believe that. We need to declare that. And we need to walk in that. Would you bow with me this morning? Give the Spirit just a moment to minister to your spirit. I don't know how the message connects with your spirit and your life today. But I pray that each of us know that you are a precious creation of God and you have a purpose, which is to glorify Him. Now, the first step to that we didn't, haven't talked about is Really, the only way you can really bring glory to the Father is first to have a relationship with the Father. You can be a precious creation of God, but not yet be a child of God. And step one is to be a child of God. And through that, you begin to fulfill that purpose that He has for you. If you're here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I hope before you leave that you'll talk to somebody about it. You can talk to me a little bit later, you can talk to some prayer partners that'll be around. Uh, if you're a child, you can talk to your parents first and we can, we can deal with that.
Father, we pray that you would just continue to minister to our spirit and understand, help us understand that yes, we are depraved and that's why you died for us. But Father, at the same time, we are a special, unique creation of you and we're valuable to you and the purpose that you have. And Father, help us understand that. Father, as we continue to elevate you this morning, may you continue to move and speak among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about River Fellowship in Amarillo, Texas, or to hear more messages, go to rfamarillo.org. Thanks. Have a great week.